are listening to the iterators of the Imperium. Welcome back to the iterators of the Imperium. I am Miss, and I'm here today, as always, with Ryan. And today, Ryan is going to be talking about. Take it away, Ryan. Ah, well, as I said at the end of the episode last week, we are going to be talking about Space Marines this time. Because that is a huge section. They are like the poster child for Warhammer 40k. Right? Oh. They, they are everywhere and they are like at the forefront of it all. Because So they are they're the ones that you see when you actually Google up. That's exactly you know, it. It's a majority stuff. of what you'll see is different kinds of space marines. Yes. And now the the gist of it is that I don't know much I mean throughout the podcast I've learned a bit about Warhammer but right now. But do reckon like the first thing you ever showed me when you talked to me about the idea about Warhammer was actually these guys. It probably was, actually. Yeah, now that I, now that I think about it, it was probably these dudes. Uh, yeah. So we're going to be doing this in a bit of a general sense with some slightly more specific stuff thrown in little patches. But we're not getting into it too much. The main point of this is to give you a little idea about this stuff so that when we get to it in storyline uh, episodes, it's not an entirely new concept and it's not overwhelming yeah so this is going to be a general overview of some space marine stuff and some stuff tied to that a lot or primarily but it's not going to be too heavy hopefully no hopefully hopefully (laughs) (laughs) fingers crossed (laughs) five hours later (laughs) yeah this is probably going to be a slightly longer episode as well just because of the way this spreads out anyone that knows about space marines is probably going to see where this is going even now uh, and they'll be like oh this is going to take a little bit Oh, there's just some veterans in, in Warhammer right now listening, being like, all right, Mesh, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. Strap in and strap on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, that was excellent. I love that. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so I actually, I wanted to start this episode with a quote, and it is it is a great quote because it means so much and absolutely nothing at the exact same time. Okay. The quote is, I am Alpharius. And this is a lie. It's a quote from a guy called Alpharius Omegon. Uh, I will not elaborate on this at all. <laughs> wait, wait. So so he stated his name, and but that that's a lie. It's uh, the first line of a book specifically about that guy. So the idea is it's supposed to be that everything after that is nonsense. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, okay. It's just it's a, it's a very commonly used quote whenever people talk about Alpharius, and I I love that. <laughs> I just I love how completely nonsense that is as a quote. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really make sense. No, it? it doesn't. It's like a contradiction in itself, and I love it. <laughs> you know, it reminds me of myself. Keep going. <laughs> okay, so to give you an idea where we're starting off here, right? Because there's a little yep. bit of storyliney stuff wrapped into this, which is really quick to go over. So. We did the birth of Slaanesh in the fall of the Eldar, right? Yes. And yes. that was that all happened because the warp got all messy and then Slaanesh was born. And in being born, it cleared up a lot of the nonsense that was going on in the warp at the time. Mm-hmm. Now, in humanity's history at this point, humanity had already started spreading amongst the stars and were all over the, uni- or the galaxy, not the universe. Um, and they had, we had little colonies everywhere or all over the place. But... When the warp got all messy in the run-up to the whole Slaanesh thing, 
we were no longer able to use warp travel to get to these colonies or uh, do supplies or anything like that. And we weren't able to communicate with them through the warp either. So basically, mm -hmm. they ended up in this terrible stage called the Age of Strife, where everything was terrible and a lot of colonies just straight up died because they didn't have supplies or anything like that. Like, yeah. it was a whole terrible time. We will go into the details of these things in individual episodes, but when the whole Sinesh thing happened, it cleared all that up, and humanity was now able to get in contact with some of the lost colonies, and they were able to start travelling the stars properly again. Mm -hmm. This is about the point where the Emperor turned up shortly before this, uh, but this is when the Emperor really kicked off his, his whole crusade thing. Because now they were able to take to the stars and start conquering the galaxy in the name of the Imperium of Man. Okay. So, to do this, the Emperor used what he created as genetically enhanced super soldiers. Yes, yes. I've right. been waiting for this. These, I've been waiting for this. That is what the Space Marines are. They are genetically yeah. enhanced super soldiers. He, he has made a few iterations of these guys. There are the typical ones that we see, which are just Space Marines or the soldiers. There are his personal guard that are like the best of the best of the best. That are mm -hmm. obviously, they are made and enhanced better genetically than the Space Marines are. They are just born a league beyond them. And the training yeah. and the equipment and everything are even beyond all their stuff as well. Uh, they are called the Custodian Guards or the Legio Custodies. Uh, mm -hmm. so there's those guys he made the Thunder Warriors which were a much less refined but much more like bulky and brutal version of the original Space Marines uh, he he realised they were a bit too much of a blunt object for war and kind of got rid of them early on before he started the whole Space Marine thing like mm -hmm. they did their job and then he was like alright you guys are a bit too dangerous let's just let's just, <laughs> let's just hide you let's just get rid of you <laughs> and, then, and then he was like, I'll do it properly this time. It's like making pancakes. First one's always a throwaway. But eventually he made the Legionis Astartes, which is the correct name, or the official title of the Legions of the Space Marines. They like okay. a lot of Latin. Legionis is the, is the Latin word for legions. Uh, uh, custo uh, custodes is the Latin word for guards. Stuff like that. It's a whole thing. Uh, they like their land. I don't know why in every science fiction, humanity gets really like far in the future and somehow defaults back to Latin as their language. No, I actually kind of like that they do that. You know? It's elegant, but I don't understand it. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't understand it myself and I don't speak Latin. I mean, I know some words. Me uh, too. I know random bits. Know, from, yeah, random bits and bobs. But the thing is, I, I do like it also in like uh, in the medical business, you know? Oh, they yeah. always use Latin as well. Yeah. I, I feel like it's, it's sophisticated in one way. So I actually kind of like when people do this. You know, I, it's, oh, it's like, it's I also like smart it. people who does it. Yeah, I appreciate it. I just don't understand why that's always the trope for no, science fiction stuff set in the future. But anyway, um, <laughs> so the Emperor made 20 legions of space marines, right? Each with their uh -huh. own name and their own, or their own uh, like legion's name and then their own colouring to suit their armor so you could tell which legion they were part of and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. And each legion, I believe, had around a hundred to 200,000 space marines in it. Bruh. Yeah. Uh, so your space marines are like seven feet tall super soldiers in crazy power armor made of a material called, or coated in a material called ceramite, which I, yeah. I believe is a reference to it being like ceramic plating as bulletproof plating nowadays. Uh, okay. But it's a whole other material that I don't think we even know what it is, to be honest with you. I could probably look it, into it, it but whatever. 
Uh, a bit like again, uh, I feel like I always reference Marvel because there's so yeah. many examples. It's like vibranium. A vibranium. That's of, exactly yeah. what it's like. It's just this crazy tanky ass stuff. It can be yes. damaged and it can be broken and it can be perforated and whatever else. But as far as anything we have now, it's a league beyond. Yes. Uh, and they obviously they carry their suited weapons, like the bolters that we talked about, the guns that fire the like two inch wide shells that are explosive. <laughs> <laughs> like getting hit with a brick that then blows up. Uh, and those are fully automatic guns, by the way. Like, you need yeah. to be the size and build of a space marine to be able to wield one. Otherwise, it'll just shatter your bones. <laughs> Maybe that's so that yeah. people don't, like, use their own weapons against them, actually. <laughs> like, that could be a thing. They're just the as deadly just... with a normal gun. <laughs> like, uh, and they also have melee weapons because they're really well built for close range combat because there's the size of them. Yeah, yeah. So they have like I mean, se- seven feet tall. I'm sure their their reach with just arms are just like insane. Exactly. Yeah. So they have yeah, like uh, chain swords. There's like a chainsaw sword. Uh, it's really good for like ripping through armor and stuff. And some people have chain axes just to be crazy. If you want to prove what? you're feral before you can get in a fight with them, <laughs> just have an axe for some reason. Uh, and they also have stuff like power swords that use weird energy to cut through stuff. Uh, yeah. But th- this is the kind of the typical guy you're going up against. Uh, so just for the record for the listeners, I am going to be throwing Mez a few pictures as we go, just to give him a point of reference for this stuff. So I'm just sending him a couple pictures of like the standard Space Marine stuff. Uh, yeah. Just so I'm not going to lie, I-, I cheated a bit, right, and Googled it before. <laughs> That's fine, honestly. Uh, but just to give them an idea what your average Space Marine looks like, if you Google Space yeah. Marines, you'll find them. They're, yeah. they're the poster child. I doubt you're listening to this and don't know what a Space Marine is, but if you don't give up at Google, you'll be on the same page as Niz. Uh, yeah. Typical boys in blue and the and the bumblebees in yellow. Uh, that's not what they're called, by the way. <laughs> I want to make that No, no, no. <laughs> I-, I like the reference, though. I, it's like, like, it's I-, a good I-, reference. I see it. Um, so, uh, not only did the Emperor make these, uh, 20 legions of hundreds of thousands of these super soldiers, he needed people to lead them. So, he used his own, uh, genetics to, uh, or as a genetic template for 20 soldiers that would essentially, for lack of a better term, be his sons that were going to lead each legion. So these were called the Primarchs. So he started thinking mm-hmm. of the Primarch project. He basically vat grew 20 children from his own genetic code as a template. They, he mixed in a bunch of other stuff. So there was some animal DNA and some like stuff from like human populace mixed in. Yeah. So they are so they are all like unique in their own right. None of them are clones of the Emperor by any means. Um just to give you an idea of what these guys turned out like, they are all like 10 feet tall and what? built like a tank. Yeah, oh god, yeah. Uh, the, like, the Primarchs are like a cut above anything else that's going on at this point. They are demigods, for lack of a better term. Bruh. Yeah. And I, I guess they're like built like a tank as well. Oh like, god, like, yes. Uh, oh some, god, okay. Some of them to different degrees than others, because like I said, they're all unique in their own sense. But they are all based off of the Emperor, who, by the way, I want to throw this out there. The Emperor is 14 feet tall. I don't know why he is, but he is. <laughs> I, I need to watch, I need to see this guy. Yeah, I've, you showed me him before. Uh, yeah, the Emperor is 14 feet tall for some reason <laughs> and built like an absolute unit. And the Primarchs are all based off of him. So they're all like 11 feet tall and also absolute units in their own ways. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just don't want anything to do with these guys. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you can imagine why, like, or how easy it is to tell that the Primarch is the Primarch of that Legion, being that he stands yeah. three feet taller than the rest <laughs> of the dudes. Oh, I'm jealous. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. So yeah. uh, the idea was it was 20 Primarchs to, re to lead 20 Legions. So each Legion wasn't based, or the Space Marines weren't based off of the Emperor's genetic code. They were based off of their Primarchs genetic code. So he made the okay. Primarchs out of his own genetics and a mix of other things, and then used them to seed the, tw uh, the 20 Legions. So that each mm -hmm. Primarch would have a legion of soldiers that suit or that matched them. So any trait that the Primarch embodies, their troops will also embody it. So they'll have suited fighting forces for their own capabilities, which is quite a cool concept, actually. Yeah. So, like I said, the Primarchs were vat-grown in this like special facility the Emperor had. I believe it was under the or within the Himalayan mountains for some odd reason. Uh mm -hmm. And during this time, the Chaos Gods kind of saw what was going on and were like, ah, enough of that. No, bad. So they opened a big crazy warp portal in the room that the, all the Vats were in and just yeeted the Primarchs all across the galaxy. Oh, so yes you do. As like, as like infants, as like babies, basically, they were just yeah. scattered all across the galaxy to different random planets. Luckily, the Emperor still had the legions and just started his crusade anyway without the Primarchs and was like, eh, we'll find them all on the way. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, ah, I've already got like quite, or I've only got like two million crazy bastards in power armor. I'll be fine. Actually, no, it'd be four million, wouldn't it? Yeah, 20, 20 legions of 200,000. So yeah, yeah. So he was like, I've already got like several armies of these dudes. Let's go. <laughs> like, we'll find them. He was obviously very upset about it, but that was the gimmick. So they just started the crusade to take over the galaxy in the name of mankind and to reunite yeah. all the lost colonies. And then they just started finding Primarchs along the way. So what we're going to do now is we're going to run through the 20 legions and the Primarch, or the Primarchs and their legions. Uh, just yeah. very fight or very like limited details about them because we'll be at this all day otherwise. <laughs> because <laughs> uh, honestly we could do an individual episode about every Primarch and their legion and we probably will because they all they all have really well fleshed out storylines and it yeah. really tells you who they are but that'll be like a down the line thing uh, but for yeah. now just to give you an idea of who's who so the first one that was found was Horace Lupercal this dude was the first Primarch found he is an absolute unit of a man and he was the leader of the 16th Legion, known as the Luna Wolves. It was yeah, later... because he has a wolf on his neck. Yeah, basically, yeah, they like wolves. Uh, <laughs> they, they were later renamed as uh, the Sons of Horus, but yeah. that's the whole thing. Uh, and for some reason, their armor is all black and white. Uh, Horus and the Emperor became really close in their time together, being that he was the first one found, it was like the firstborn son kind of thing. Like, this one's my favourite. <laughs> but they had like a, a really strong bond, and they fought side by side a lot. And for mm -hmm. some reason along the way, Horus decides to take, uh, he just ditches the whole hand thing on his armour, and just has a big-ass claw on one side for some reason. <laughs> Not really sure why exactly, but I suppose it's a pretty good weapon. <laughs> Yeah, but just for, just a fun fact, real quick. Yeah, yep. I feel like if I was in this universe, that would be me. You know why? Why? My last name actually means lonely or lone wolf. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Ah, well, you might actually uh, be more inclined with the second Primarch found actually, 
Oh. The second Primark phoned was it was phoned on a plant called Fenris. It's like a tundra hellscape. Uh, okay. And his name is Lehman Ross. He's the Primark of the Sixth Legion, the Space Wolves. Now, oh, oh. remember I said that it wasn't like it wasn't just the Emperor's DNA. They also had like human, yeah, from and animals, animals, and animals. Yeah. This guy has like wolf fangs, <laughs> and he is but, basically bruh. feral. <laughs> like he he is savage. He's not actually feral. He's savage though. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like he, me, you know. He like grew up with wolves, and for some reason, his people also ride wolves in combat. Okay, it, it's wolves <laughs> on wolves, man. Honestly, it's space wolves and they ride wolves. This whole thing. <laughs> they like there was a lot of wolves going on in the early naming of the of the legions. Emperor just like wolves I, I that week, that. I guess. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. When uh, when Horus first met him, he basically just treated him as if he was a savage, just because he liked wolf or because he was like a wolf. Basically, he just wanted to murder <laughs> stuff and just yeah, it was it was nuts. Uh, and Horus just viewed him as like a random savage, feral beast, beast. they had brought on board. Yeah, not as a brother. <laughs> so he, he's a pretty cool guy. Oh. It, Holy crap! Oh, yeah, he yeah. looks sick. And they like wolves. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> The fourth Primarch found was Ferris Manus. He is the leader of the 10th Legion, the Stormwalkers. They were later renamed as the Iron Hands to suit their Primarch. Um, these guys are like pride to, or, sorry, are proud to, almost to a fault, and they're honestly pretty damn brutal when it comes to combat. It's like brutal efficiency is how these guys work. Yeah. The reason that they were renamed to the Iron Hands in the in order of their Primarch is because when Ferris was young, he had a thing that he wanted to go out and like seek out physical challenges. And one of them that he set himself was to kill this like a, a worm, you know, like a dragon. Like W Y yeah. R M. Yeah. That was like it was metallic. It was like a metal dragon he said he was going to kill, but basically found out it couldn't be harmed because it was made of metal. So he just drowned it in lava. But <laughs> What? I, I know, I know. What else would you do, I suppose? <laughs> but the problem with that is that it, the lava melted the dragon, or its skin at least, which yeah. fused on his hands, and now his hands are coated in metal. But it's not normal metal. You remember the stuff the Necrons are made of, the Necrodermis, that like... Yes. Yes, it's that his hands are coated in. So he, it, they're still fully usable hands, and he also has the ability to like craft metal in uh, different shapes and stuff and everything like that just by yeah. touching it. He doesn't have to use tools or anything to craft weapons and stuff. So he's Wait, a hell quick, of a craftsman. Quick question, yeah. Yeah. So... I know the Necrons had, uh, you know, with the whole uh, poisonous or radiation, you know, kind of stuff deal going on. Yes. So does he have that too with this metal? No, it's it's the metal didn't come from the Necrons, so it's also the metal was never really irradiated or anything like that. It was purely their genetics. Once they were metal, they were golden. Oh. Okay. It, it was just okay. technology that they had. So he happens to have his hands coated in it. So his legion have this weird thing where like. He personally worries that one day, or he knows one day he's going to have to strip the metal off of his hands, but he's yeah. like relying on it more and more and he worries about it because his legion are also like following the belief that metal is better than flesh, basically. And he's like, that's a problem. I should really do something about that before it like <laughs> becomes a problem, you know? But why, why is it a problem, though? Like, 
because if you start like coating yourself in metal to be like your Primark, eventually that gets out of hand, I guess, and you're just a Necron. <laughs> like, I don't and know, you don't want to be a Necron. It really like... just sounds like a slippery slope for a group that are all about purity and humanity. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, I kind of like, get it's, that. It's a questionable like thing to start. Yeah, you dabble in it and and somehow we just end up like Terminator. You know? Yeah, exactly. So he, he personally <laughs> like knows one day he's going to have to try the metal off his hands and he like worries about it because he's like, I use this way too much. I rely on this way too much. <laughs> but like, My I'm going to have to. move. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the fifth Primarch that was found was Fulgrim, leader of the Third Legion, the Emperor's Children. These dudes wear purple for some reason. It looks pretty cool actually, to be honest with you. And they are Ooh. obsessed, actually, to a point, uh, like, to, sorry, to a fault, about uh, perfection. They want to be as perfect as the Emperor. Yeah, I mean, I see it with the looks. Holy oh, yeah, he's got this crazy guys. long, flowing white hair, and their armor's all elegant and polished, a, a fine yeah. shine, you know, it's, it's all crazy trims and stuff. He- he also has like a, it's not a bird, but you know, like the emperor, he has like the golden uh, theme as well with like the long wings. Yes. So on one side, these guys, the emperor's children are the only ones that are allowed to bear the emperor's like eagle crest. And mm-hmm. they like use that as a, as like a arguing point for how they're better than other people a lot. Yeah. <laughs> they use it as like a boast. Like, we the emperor's <laughs> trusted with the emperor's crest. And you're like, all right, chill him, him, Jesus. <laughs> I am better than you. <laughs> uh, they're just they're so obsessed with perfection. It's unbelievable. Um, yeah. When Fulgrim and Ferris Manus first met each other, uh, they had a crafting competition, and uh-huh. they each made a weapon. Fulgrim crafted an an elegant uh, great hammer, and Ferris Manus created this uh, really fine sword that like burned with fire. Um, okay. And then they compared them against each other and basically both agreed that both weapons were like equally perfect. And now they carry the weapon made by the other person as their oh. primary weapon. So Fulgrim carries the fiery sword built by Ferris Manus and Ferris carries the crazy battle hammer made by uh, Fulgrim. Because <laughs> they're, they're like really close brothers. <laughs> they just love yeah. each other. It's great. The next Primarch is... The next Primarch was the sixth Primarch, Vulcan. And he is the Primarch of the 18th Legion, the Salamanders. These dudes wear green, actually looks really cool. Uh, there's not many oh. in the Space Marines that I'm like, actually, I really like those colors. But honestly, these guys, pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm mean, I, I, I going to be honest. I'm not too keen on the, 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 the whole design, but... I, do like the freaking dragon hammer. That's ah, Vul- uh, sorry, uh, Vulcan's hammer is is a special thing. He crafted it himself. Uh, Vulcan is really into crafting weapons. Like he's incredible at it. But uh-huh. that hammer, he went like above and beyond with, and it has like a crazy teleporter technology thing built into it, and all this stuff. <laughs> it's all thing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Vulcan and his hammer have like one of the best parts in the entire like storyline that focuses around the Primarchs, uh, mm-hmm. but it's honestly best saved for when we're going through the storyline, but I will like point it out when we get there, because I, I, there's a quote about it, and I absolutely love it, but it, it kind of, it, it's a spoiler if I go for it now, unfortunately. Yeah, no spoiler. Yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> 
Vulcan is the largest of the Primarchs. This dude stands 11 foot 9 inches tall. He is like a head and shoulders above the other Primarchs. He is a tank, and his skin is ash black because his planet he grew up on was all volcanic and crappy. Yeah. It was a whole thing. Uh, also, his dudes really like fire. Okay. The, the salamanders just really like burning stuff. It's a whole thing. Uh, they have a lot of flame troops. So the seventh Primarch found was Rogal Dorn. He was the Primarch of the Seventh Legion, oddly enough, which are the Imperial Fists. So uh-huh. they actually are incredible. Him and his Legion are incredible builders. They're great at fortifying stuff. So they're great guys to have around if you're being sieged because mm-hmm. no one will move these dudes. Right? They hunker down, you are not getting them out. You'd have to nuke the place about 40 million times over. And even then, you'd only get rid of them because you'd have dug such a deep hole through the planet with all the bombs, they'd fall out the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they also don't have a home planet. Most of the most of the Legion, or all the Legions, um, have a planet that they call home that they typically recruit from. So for uh, the Space Wolves, it would be Fenris, because that's the planet that their Primarch landed on. It's usually like that. Uh, but these guys don't have one. They are a nomadic legion because they have a gigantic fucking spaceship they all live in called the Phalanx. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty damn cool. The eighth Primarch found was Robut Gilliman. Robut Gilliman. Yeah, I actually just like saying his name like that. I don't know why. It just amuses me. Yeah, yeah. Robut Gilliman. It sounds funny. Uh, Primarch... It sounds funny in the mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Primarch of the Warborn. They were later renamed the Ultramarines. Um... Because uh, the their home planet, the planet that Robot landed on, was mm-hmm. uh, the planet of Ultramar. So, mm-hmm. uh, Ultramarines from Ultramar. Um, but most people know them as the Blue Boy Scouts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Boy Scouts. They, they are the largest legion because most legions recruit from their own home planet primarily. And Ultramar and the surrounding planets in their star system are really well-developed planets. So they have a lot more to pick from. So their legion has like far and away the most troops. But there's just so damn many of these guys. And Gilliman is just obsessed with uh, like rules and government and doing things correctly. He just he likes rules, man. He just he does stuff right. He's good at governing. He's, He's good, good at, at two shoes. He basically is. Yeah, that's why they call them. Yes. That's why they call them the Blue Boy Scouts because all his troops <laughs> wear blue and they're. Well, they follow the rules. I feel like it's kind of similar still to the Emperor in some he, ways. Yeah, he, he is very Emperor-ish, to be honest with you. Uh, he, he'd, he'd be a good guy to take over, you know, if the Emperor wasn't around. <laughs> I feel like you could keep things running properly, you know? Yeah. So, the next one is my favorite Primarch. The ninth Primarch found was Magnus the Red. He is a Primarch of the 15th Legion, the Thousand Sons. This dude is far and away my favorite. So he inherited the Emperor's gift for uh, like psychic powers and the warp. So he grew to be an incredible sorcerer really early on. Uh, he had this idea that he would be able to control the, the warp entirely and cam it. It's quite a funny thing, actually. For the record, he also has red, or coppery red skin, red hair, and is missing an eye. Oh. He was just, I, I believe he was just born with one eye. But he, like, Ideal. Yeah, just as you do, yeah. 
<laughs> it looks like me when I was paralyzed in a little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, right? Yeah. Wow. It's ah. fine. So the next one is everyone's best friend. So the tenth Primarch found was Sanguinius, Primarch of the Ninth Legion, the Revenant Legion. They were reading Bruh. the Blood Angels later. Holy crap! A design on that character. Yeah. Damn. So Sanguinius uh, is a pretty cool guy. Honestly, he's just the friendliest Primarch. Everyone loves this guy. It doesn't matter if you're a Primarch or like just a normal troop or a captain or even just a guardsman. Anyone For he meets is like, he's just so friendly. Just everyone he, loves him. No matter who he you looks, are. He looks like the king of hell. Like, <laughs> Well, he kind of does, yeah. But to be fair, he has wings. I don't know why, but he was born with wings. <laughs> He's the fallen angel or some shit. That's Damn, honestly I, it. I think the idea was to make him look as like menacing as possible and then just yeah. have him be the friendliest guy ever. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> I, like, mean, I like it. Everyone loves the contrast, you know? Just, yeah. But yeah, everyone loves this dude. Him and Horace were like BFFs. Yeah. This is my favorite character, by the way. Oh, oh yeah. Sanguinex is really a lot of your like favorite character. He's a very cool guy. Um, yeah. So th- there's a funny thing where like some of the Primarchs fucking hate each other. <laughs> So, eh? like, Lehman Ross, the, the Primarch of the Space Wolves, right? His guys and him all hate sorcery and magic and psychic powers and all that crap. So he just hates Magnus. Okay. Like, they're, they're like, they're brothers, and he just fucking hates the dude. Just because he's magic. <laughs> like, he just likes magic, and Lehman's like, nope, not into that. Get to fuck. <laughs> so, yeah, like, a lot of them, like, a lot of them have, like, a special bond with one other one. And then a couple of them just really hate one other one. But everyone likes Sanguinius. He's just the best guy. And he looks like a fallen <laughs> angel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But that's cool. The 11th Primarch found was Lion L. Johnson, Primarch of the Legion the First, which was renamed to the Dark Angels later. Uh, Johnson grew up in the wilderness of a planet ravaged by quote-unquote great beasts. Their planet just happened to have a lot of untamed wilderness that had some big-ass animals in it were, that were all just, like, really crazy and violent and really hard to kill. Yeah. Uh, so he grew up like Tarzan, just roaming around in the wilderness on his own, and eventually <laughs> was was found and was brought into, like, society or civilization. But mm-hmm. they still had, like, orders of knights, like, medieval-type knights uh, on their planet. And he rapidly grew through one of these orders because he was obviously bigger and faster and literally bred for war. So yeah. he ended up as like one of the, like the people in charge of one or well, he ended up pretty high or almost in charge of one of these orders called the Order, weirdly enough, um, mm-hmm. and then led them all on a crusade on the planet to kill off all the great beasts so that they could just civilize the entire planet without having to like. If you go into the forest, you're definitely not coming back, random civilian. <laughs> uh, and that was all before he even met the Emperor. Like, dude does not mess around. <laughs> no, it, it does look like it. Yeah, it's a pretty cool guy. The 12th Primarch found was Perturabo, Primarch of the 4th Legion, the Iron Warriors. This dude also is another one that does not mess around at all. Holy, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he actually grew up uh, being used because so he is an incredible tactician and he's obviously incredibly smart. Primarch's intelligence is like well beyond the average person, mm. uh, but he had a, a weird like talent for like tactics and also inventing and like designing stuff. 
-hmm. and unfortunately his like asshole adoptive father basically used them for war which he wasn't into he just wanted to be like an architect and build like civil stuff but instead okay. he kept being like make new war engines and he was like fine dad god <laughs> and it was all okay. like it was terrible <laughs> he was not into it at all but you know he liked building shit so there you go a, yeah. a lot like the uh, a lot like Rogue Aldorn and his dudes that like building stuff uh, the 13th Primarch found was Mortarian this guy is also one of my favourites uh, he is a pretty cool dude I could only find a picture of his mini for this one for you, by the way. Uh, mm -hmm. But, Ooh. yeah, this is, dude, honestly, these guys love poison. They grew up with, like, their home planet. The atmosphere is toxic. Yeah. So it's just a big thing for them. Like, they, they live their lives in poisonous air. And, you know, they kind of grew up with that. And it just became a whole thing for them. So their guys are like all, like, poison is severely wrapped into their people but say they need to conquer a planet this atmosphere is shitty who do you send send in these guys uh he is part of the 14th legion that were originally called the dusk raiders because they had a gimmick of they would wait till nighttime and then go attack their enemies mm -hmm. but they were later renamed the death guard and for some reason he looks like death he looks like the grim reaper i was about to say that <laughs> yeah he actually wields a scythe as a weapon uh, yeah I was about to say that, uh, Ryan. Sorry. Okay, yeah. um, <laughs> possibly one of my favorite details about uh, Mortarion and his legion is he has like a special group of guards, like bodyguards mm -hmm. that follow him around. And they're all like shrouded in mystery and no one knows who they are because they're basically identityless. But there's like an idea of where they come from and it's that he, he will basically just pretend someone died in a war they didn't die in. So after a battle, he'll just, like, grab someone and be like, you're my new guard, and then he'll just <laughs> write their name on the list of people that died, and then just put them in the weird, weird cloak thing so that no one knows who they are anymore. Just has them follow them around. <laughs> like Very cool, box. actually. So the 14th Primark found was Lorgar, Primark of the 17th Legion, the Imperial Heralds, and they were later renamed to the Word Bearers. Now, these guys, their original planet was a really religious planet, and they kind of kept that going, because when the Emperor turned up, they basically just decided to worship him instead. Mm -hmm. And, like, number one rule with Emperor is no religion. Yeah, you've so, told that, me that before. Yeah, that's, like, rule one of the Imperial Man. No religion. Yeah, but, hit him with a brick. Exactly, yeah. But these dudes, they worship the Emperor. Rather than, like, following what he says out of, like, fear and respect, they're like, nah, nah, nah. God. <laughs> God Emperor, you know? Um, which does cause them some problems, but that's a, that's a whole issue for later on. <laughs> uh, also, uh, just among some of the legions, so obviously you have, like, ranks among the legions, like captains and stuff like that, like, like uh, sergeants and generals and all that kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. uh, some of the legions use different titles for those things. These guys have chaplains, so they actually use like religious terminology among their official rankings as well. They don't even hide it. <laughs> like they know what they're doing, and they just go for it. <laughs> like I don't know how they get away from it with, for really any length of time, but they manage it somehow. Uh, the fifteenth Primarch found was Jagatai Khan. Primarch of the 5th Legion, the Star Hunters, and they were later renamed the White Scars. 
these dudes love to go fast, right? Like they started off in like a like a nomadic planet. So or is it nomadic? I guess tribal is more the term. They like started off with horses because they just loved going fast. And then when they like met the emperor and got all their like, space marine stuff, they just got like space bikes. So they ride around battlefields on these like like these crazy jet bikes that drive at like Mach five and <laughs> just murder people <laughs> left, right, and center. They are an absolute force to be reckoned with. Um, and they have this ritual where they will give their marines a scar so that, it, one, that explains the the name, the White Scars, but the idea was it was something that every one of their, the people in that legion would have in common to bond them all together. So every member of the White Scars has a scar to show them as a member of the White Scars and kind of, kind of foster brotherhood, I guess, amongst them. Let- like gangs, gang tattoos, right? Yes, it's exactly the same concept, yeah. The next one is also one of my favourite ones. Uh, the 16th you have part so of many favourites. I've got a few. There's, there's, <laughs> there's like there's 20 of these dudes, so what do you, what, some of them have to be favourites. <laughs> the 16th Primarch found was Conrad Kurz, Primarch of the 8th Legion, the Night Lords. So, Ooh. this guy is like a crazy version of Batman. <laughs> I can see the aesthetics, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the planet they grew up on, or he grew up on, I guess, was just like all darkness all the time. Mm-hmm. And it was just rife with crime. There was like murder and robbing and sexual crimes and everything else going on all the time. I guess darkness breeds depression and misery, so the people may as well join in and help that. Mm-hmm. Uh and Conrad, when he was young, just decided that he was sick of that shit and just started hunting down and murdering criminals. Uh, and gradually it improved because everyone was afraid to be a criminal now because this guy will come and murder you in the night. <laughs> uh, he was affectionately nicknamed the Night Hunter. Also, he I mean, just really sense. needs a hug. Like, that dude is big time depressed. Oh, so it's like me, yeah? Yeah, yeah, big time, honestly. He, he just really needs a cuddle. <laughs> Um, I wouldn't want to do that. No, I would not be the one volunteering, but like, no. Vulcan's bigger than him. You could give him a hug. Fuck. <laughs> the 17th Primarch found was Angron, Primarch of the 12th Legion, the Warhounds. And Ooh. they were later renamed the World Eaters because they are brutally savage. They destroy anything and everything that they can possibly get their hands on. Uh, Angron grew up on a planet that for some reason loved gladiatorial combat and obviously he ended up as a gladiator and Mm. they put these things called butcher's nails in his head that are like a little metal insert thing you can put in someone's skull that affects their brain and what it does is it makes them really angry but like it, it makes them feel intense pain unless they are being angry or violent so yeah, yeah, it was to encourage the gladiators, but they did this to this guy, even though he was like an absolute unit of a man standing several feet taller than anyone else they had, and thought this is yeah. a perfectly safe option. This won't go badly no. for us at all. <laughs> um, and yeah, obviously it just went horribly wrong for them from then on. But uh, it makes him a hell of a warrior. But he made it a mission to like to make his legion produce and, like, fit butcher's nails into all of his troops. So all of his legion also have butcher's nails, so they're all just insanely savage, brutal, feral warriors 
that just destroy anything and everything you point them at. Damn. Yeah, they're they're a whole thing. <laughs> uh, I'm not a huge fan of him, to be honest with you. Uh, but they get the job done. I mean, I kind of like the design. I, I kind of. He's a cool looking guy because he he's kind of got that whole like old school Roman esque design to his armor. Mm-hmm. Because it's from like the gladiatorial stuff, all their armor yeah. tends to kind of take a feel of like where they're from in a way or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I get it. But but I do like the, like like the story with like he's angry and you know all the kind of stuff because not because it's a choice. He just is. Yeah, I, like he's not evil just to be evil. You know that kind of thing. But because he you know inherently just is now. Yes, I. But I, I like I like that there's like a explanation behind a lot of this stuff that's actually a good one. Yeah. Uh, although the name's a bit ominous, was Angron, the angry guy, and you're like, oh, of course. <laughs> um, so the 18th Primarch found was Corvus Corax. He is actually the one I know the least about, unfortunately. Huh. He was Primarch of the 19th Legion, the Raven Guard, as you can tell by the fact that for some reason in this picture he's holding two ravens. Yeah. I don't know if there's a reason for that or if it was just someone decided to put him with ravens. But I mean, he looks like a big bird. So. He, he honestly is basically an edgy emo team. <laughs> just as a giant, like, monstrous <laughs> warrior. <laughs> he is what every angsty emo team thinks they are. Yeah, <laughs> I I honestly don't know his backstory, so I I do need to look into him. If we're going or when we get to a point that we want to start doing like episodes based around each Primarch, I would like mm-hmm. to do him first, so that I can learn about him as soon as possible. To be honest, yes. And the last one, the twentieth Primarch, or sorry, the last Primarch found, uh, Primarch of the twentieth Legion, is Alpharius Omegon. This is the guy that, that quote from the start is from. Uh, he was a Primarch of the Ghost Legion, which was later renamed the Alpha Legion after Alpharius. This guy is a mystery wrapped in an enigma, wrapped in 12 more layers of nonsense. Like, no one knows anything is like that may or may not be true about this guy. Like, allegedly, when he was first found, he broke onto Horus's flagship, tried to assassinate him, and then luckily Horus realized the guy that was trying to kill him was a Primarch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His whole thing, he ha- he seems allegedly has this ability to, like, look like other people. So it's really common for him to, like, walk among his own legion or among other legions, and no one realizes he's a Primarch. Why? Why? Okay, I'm gonna do it again. Just let me know if it gets annoying, but I'm gonna reference Marvel here with Loki. Yeah, he, he honestly has a good Loki vibe about him. He's like yeah. all about subterfuge and stuff like that, so it really suits him. Also, the green with the arm—I'm getting, I'm getting vibes here, you know. Oh, yeah. Staff. yeah. Okay, so you may have noticed that I said he was the last one found, and we also skipped Legion three and and nineteen. Yes, I did notice that, and I was. Uh, uh, I would want to question it, but I actually saw through that and thought you had something to come up with. Yes. But I was about to mention it, yes. Yes. So we have listed 18 Primarchs. There is a reason that 3 and 18 are actually not listed. It's because we don't know anything about them. Oh. Within lore, right, within the universe 40k, they were found and they did get their legions. But between that point, like them being found... And, like, the time that the storyline for this stuff really kicks off, 
they were they did something so unbelievably deniably wrong that they were eradicated and all record of them was expunged from imperial record and then all information about them was censored so no one knows anything about them there is no information about them because of something they did there are a bunch of like little subtle references to them there is a point where one of the primarchs makes a comment uh, about it where they kind of like sideways mention that every time one of them was expunged, these ultramarines bolstered their numbers. So that makes it sound like the Primarch was taken care of, and then they were like, all right, well, we're not wasting the troops and put them in other legions, which would explain why there's so many goddamn ultramarines. But actually, they've really fleshed out the story as to why there's so many ultramarines. And also, they actually have an organ inside them, which is, it's a two-part thing that's referred to as the gene seed, which is actually uh, based off, genetically, off of their Primarch, which makes them unique to that legion. And they can't replace that by the time they're fully grown Marines. You have to do it when they're young and you're first making them. Otherwise, they don't have time to, like, you know, grow into the new genetics. So if you like you can't swap it when they're adults. <laughs> so you would have a bunch of space marines within these other legions that didn't suit the legions. So I think that like rumor, that kind of hint as to like a bit of a kind of tip about it is totally bogus. I think it's just something they wrote at the time and then actually like retconned later. But there mm. there's a bunch of little like half like sideways mentions of them like that, but there's no like actual definite information about them. No. But that's the in-law reason. Would you like to know the out-law reason? Give it to me. The out-law reason is that uh, when they were making the game and they were making the backstories for all the legions, uh, obviously they all have very specific colour schemes and stuff like that for each legion, mm-hmm. so you can tell them apart. But they left two legions out so that the players could design their own legion and write their own backstories and then play as them in the game claiming they are the third or 18th legion Mm -hmm. which is actually a really good way of doing it because it really takes away the limitations of like are on the players of what they can do with designing their own guys Mm -hmm. so it it was it was more or less for that and then they wrote in lore reasons (laughs) (laughs) so these were the main things i wanted to run through with this stuff so I wanted to give you an idea of what Space Marines were, and the Primarchs are a huge part of what goes on with them. So the Legions obviously all kind of suit their Primarchs. So the Death Guard, because Mortarian's all about poison and death, and they're all about poison and death and stuff. And Angron's yeah. guys are all angry like Angron. The Salamanders are all like fire like Vulcan, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and Magnus the Red. <laughs> yeah, and they're all magic. <laughs> stuff like yeah. that. So... <laughs> I. Honestly, to go into much more detail about this, there is a better suited way to do more of it. So if we want to go into like how Space Marines are made and stuff like that, that's a whole episode we can do in itself. And then a lot of this is like we can do a storyline about each Primarch and their subsequent Legion. And also there is a big humanity storyline. But now you know who we're talking about when we get into the humanity storylines. Because these guys were all major players in that story. I am excited to do the Alpharius uh, storyline at some point. Like, just him as a character, because there is a book specifically about him and his backstory and stuff that actually cleared up a lot of the nonsense about him. And it is 
unbelievably good. It is a great book. I absolutely love it. It's the only one that's like Primark specific that I've read other than Fulgrim. But Fulgrim's one is like heavily tied into other storylines. So I read that in line with them rather than to learn about Fulgrim. Yeah. It also doesn't really cover Fulgrim's background at all, actually. Uh, what do you think? Who Who's your favorite or who are your favorites? Who's sticking out to you? Uh, my favorite is either the biggest, which I believe was Magnus the Red. Vulcan is the biggest one. Is Vulcan the biggest one? The one, the one in green, yeah, with their black skin. Hmm. And I the think hammer. my okay, my my favorite is probably gonna be the one. What was the with the like the the, the king of hell? I'll, I'll say it. Oh, Sanguinius. Yeah, yes. Sa- Sanguinius. I, f- I feel like that's just a typical answer that people say anyways, but I really do like the design. I think it's pretty cool. I believe he is one of the, one of the usual uh, classics that people like. Yeah. He's another one that I don't know much about the backstory for, unfortunately, but I do know his storyline within the, the like bulk humanity storyline, and it is absolutely incredible. He is an absolute hero of a man. Yeah. Or Demigod. very nice. And he's just such a friendly guy. <laughs> There's a couple of points in the in uh, the first few books of some of the main storylines that he's hanging around. Uh, he, he departs quite early on because he's not like around for what goes on at that point. But there's like one of the captains is being invited in to this big secret meeting with a Primarch and he's like basically just nervous as all hell and terrified going in and just Sanguinius appears behind him and is like, nah man, it's cool. <laughs> you got this. <laughs> <laughs> just totally puts him at ease with a really friendly conversation. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Such a good guy. Yeah. While we're here, do you have any questions about or anything we've been over today? Anything you want filled in? No, I'm actually kind of like looking forward to getting more into these guys, uh, getting some backstory on them. But obviously, like you said, it would take too much time to do like in-depth uh, like stories to to each individual we talked about today. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. This actually got me a bit more hyped. Let me say it like that. I really do like. It. Yeah, see, this is the part that I thought would really grab you. Into it. This the Primarchs are like early on in learning about 40k. The Primarchs are like the first time you get to put like a name to a face mm-hmm. with any like weight behind it, and it's. I don't know, I feel like it gives a sense of weight to learning about this stuff. Because you're like, alright, now I have people that I actually give a crap about. Let's see what they do. (laughs) I want to hear about Lehman Russ and his wolves of Fenris murdering people. Stuff like that. I want to hear about Angron and his chain axes murdering people like a nut job. I want to hear about Vulcan's crazy teleporting hammer. Like, there's, there's a lot goes on here, but honestly, it just gets better the more you get into these guys. Yeah, yeah, and the thing is, there's so much after we learn about these guys too that is equally good. But these guys are such like a really good point early on for grabbing you into it. Because you're like, all right, now I have something that I'm like excited about for the storyline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also, this really like fills a bit of the gap because when we get to the storyline about like humanity and stuff like that, there isn't a lot in the in the run into it that we have to talk about now because the there's like a bit before where the emperor turning up initially and then making his thunder warriors and then getting rid of the thunder warriors and then making the primarchs and legions and then there's all the stuff after it but there's a big chunk in the middle there that we don't have to go over now which is great because you know about making them and then 
you know, finding them all bit by bit, which is great. But we can yeah. we will flesh out a bit as we go, and then we can do individual episodes about each one and get the full story about them all. Because yes, they're all I'm cool looking guys. Forward to it. They're all. I'm cool looking guys. forward to it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But I think we can leave off there for today. All right. Thank you guys for for listening and tuning next week for more iterators of the Imperium. Bye, guys.